Hi, and welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us online and remind you to feel free to visit our website at seacoastvineyard.com anytime for up-to-date information on our local church here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you would like to give financially to this ministry, whether that's a one-time gift or a recurring monthly gift, simply click on the Give tab at our website and give however God leads you. Now, we want you to enjoy this message from God's Word. All we get, you know, is uh, uh, spring, summer, winter, winter, spring, summer, fall. All you got to do is call and I'll be there. Uh, that's been my life this year. I've been... I, I've, uh, I've been traveling quite a bit, about 60% of the year I've been somewhere other than my home address, and uh, so it's, uh, it's good to be home. A year ago, I was in Uganda, and in Uganda, uh, we were training pastors, and the first day of training, first day, I look over at Phil, who I'm traveling with, and I said, man, I'm sick, I can't go. And uh, so he and Linus, Linus is also one of our missionaries that we support here at the Vineyard, they went, they said, we'll check on you at lunch. So four hours later, they came in. I said, get away. I don't want to see anyone. And uh, I was running a fever. I was very sick and prayed a very simple prayer. You know, it started, well, I prayed two prayers. First prayer was help. You know, that was, that was first prayer. Second prayer, it shifted. I thought, we need to simplify this. God, kill me. <laughs> uh, and, and so, you know, the, t- the toilet needed a hug and so we spent a lot of time together, and uh, as, as I was there, I, I really wasn't sure I was going to make it. I, I, it was as sick as I have ever been, and eight hours of it, they show up at five o'clock, and one of the guys who was uh, Ugandan, part of our team, he comes in the room, walks over, lays his hand on my forehead, and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed, and he prays over me, and my strength returned, I was able to eat dinner, and I was fine the rest of the time, and I thought, dude, where were you at eight this morning? You know, uh, so the, today we're going to talk about the already and the not yet of the kingdom. It's part two of our series, the naturally supernatural uh, title is actually here and now, that God wants to work here and now. And there's a passage in Daniel, I actually want us to, to see this on the screen, Daniel chapter 3 verse 17 and 18. In Daniel, let me set it up for a moment, uh, these guys, their, their Babylonian names were Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And these three guys are in captivity in Babylon. And there were false prophets of the day who told the, the people of Israel, said, look, nothing bad's going to happen. You guys are fine. You're not going to be taken into captivity. Uh, but that wasn't the case. And they were, they were taken into captivity. And in Babylon, they built this huge um, image. And this image, you know, I, I kind of picture... Uh, like with Saddam uh, Hussein where, where the, the image was toppled after his fall. I kind of picture this thing, you know, we don't know what the image looked like, but I picture it as being uh, a golden image of Nebuchadnezzar. And he orders everyone in the kingdom to bow down to this image. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, no way, we're not doing that. And so we pick it up here, and in verse uh, chapter 3, 17, 18, it says this, If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Now, they were going to be thrown into an oven and cooked. You know, they were dinner for the night kind of deal. And so it says, uh, if, if this is so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. And then these next three words are vitally important for us this morning. But if not. 
But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Now, here's the problem when it comes to the already and not yet of the kingdom. God moving now and bringing healing and deliverance and setting people free and others who aren't healed or delivered or set free and it's not yet for them. And that tension between the already of God breaking in in the present and the not yet, he doesn't show up in in the way we expect him to. I think the key to understanding that is these guys. Because what they said is we're believing God. Here's where we get in trouble. When we believe God for an outcome, rather than be believing God regardless of the outcome. These guys believed God regardless of the outcome. And I think that's a key when we approach a subject like this this morning. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here. I ask you to open our eyes that we can see wonderful things in your word this morning. Speak to us. And we ask you to just move in the already this morning. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians is a, a, a there's a church in Corinth. It was kind of an a interesting church. They, they had a lot of struggles. Um, and in 1 Corinthians, Paul's writing them about spiritual gifting. The supernatural movement of God in his church and through his church. Cool, cool passage. And in chapter 12, verse 12, let's, let's pick it up there. And just want to read this uh, kind of a lengthy passage this morning, but to, to set the stage for us. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For if one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews and, or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any the less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? Or if the whole body were an ear, Where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? If it were, if there, um, as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Now, notice the negative part of this, this passage. It says, I don't belong. Have you ever felt like, I simply don't belong? Well, they did in this early church. There were many people who said, I I just don't don't feel like I have a place here. You do belong. And that's the message that that he gives here. And then we pick up in verse 21 and says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Now, this is kind of the opposite of it. It's, I don't belong and you don't either. That's kind of, you know, there were people making judgments of others. They didn't like the way they, they did things. And so, I don't need you. Nor, again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the body, the parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, 
that there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Our first point on your fill-in this morning is God is at work around you. God is at work around you. And this is found in verse 6, which is the first part of this passage that we didn't read. But verse 6 says this, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who works, who does his work in each of us. Now this image of the, the chalkboard with the stick figures here, there was a lady that I met in Brazil named Isa. met Isa back in March. She and her husband uh, lived in Sao Carlos. And in Sao Carlos, uh, he, her husband, Marcelo, is an engineering professor. He's the lead, one of the leading experts in, in prefabbed concrete. And so he lives there, and his, his wife, uh, Isa, is a school teacher. Actually, she teaches English. And she teaches English, and, and they wanted to use their skills for God's glory. Ordinary people simply surrender to God saying, God, we want to take our natural abilities and we want you to breathe into that supernaturally and do something special. So as an English teacher, she began a school called the Lewis uh, Cafe, named after C.S. Lewis. And she began using Chronicles of Narnia and other books written by C.S. Lewis as her textbooks for teaching English to non-believing students from her husband's university. He helped reconstruct this this old house using his engineering skills uh, to develop this. Well, they were at a retreat in March that Linus and I were speaking, where we were speaking. And she said, I'd like for some prayer. And we said, sure, what what would you like prayer for? She said, well, I want prayer for the school. And she said, I started the school six months ago, but since I started the school, I've had some difficulties. And we said, well, tell us about it. She said, well, I've had migraine headaches daily, and I've had panic attacks every day. And, and she said, I've been going to a psychologist and talking through some issues. And as she's sharing this, I just had this very strong impression, and it was this, it's not physical. And I said, Isa, I'm not sure this is a physical or a psychological issue. Do you mind if I pray for you in that way? She said, that's great, go for it. So I began to pray, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over any spirit that is causing this. Well, nothing seemed to happen. We finished our prayer. We continued our teaching. She comes to breakfast the next morning. She and her husband are at breakfast, and she said, I slept through the night, no panic attack, no migraine. Two weeks after I came back to the States, I got an email from her and said, still no migraines, still no Uh, panic attacks. We were just there about four weeks ago, and she's doing great. No more symptoms. God delivered her. He set her free. The already of the kingdom broke in. Uh, Probably one of the first times I experienced this, I was 19 years of age, and I went to see my sister Carrie, who's here with us this morning. uh, Carrie lives in Asheboro, North Carolina, and I went to see her during Christmas break. And she said, you know, there's some young folks that are having a Bible study tonight, and I'd like for you to go there and visit. And she told me the address, and I went, and this guy, he's 6'4", skinny dude, 
he greets me at the door, and he said, I'm Don Bulla. What's your name? I said, Doug Dorman. He said, Dorman, you're going to open doors for people for the gospel. You know, he, I never met this guy, but I liked him because he, he was corny like me. And so I thought, <laughs> you know, this guy's got it together. So we began to talk and became friends. And that night, out of nowhere, he says, you're going to be a teacher. I hadn't taught anything. We were just there at the meeting together. He said, you're going to be a teacher, and God's going to use you to teach. Now, I've traveled around the world teaching people. And this year in Uganda, I've been to uh, uh, Thailand, Spain, France, um, somewhere else, Portugal, and uh, Brazil. And many years after this event. But um, God is at work around you. God's at work around you. He spoke through Don prophetically. That night, we, we went around the room and we kind of shared um, just for each person, and I didn't know any of these people, but they, they just wanted to, Don said, let's have put a chair in the middle, someone sit in the middle, and everyone else in the group speak positive things about that person. And they did that. And uh, there was this one guy there who said, hey, I know these people well, and I know some negative things too. Can we kind of share that to help them grow? And Don said, no, no, that's not the purpose of what we're doing. So at the end of that time that night, a bunch of teenagers were standing around holding hands and we're praying at the end of it, and this one girl, Mary Stewart, her, we start hearing some weird sounds, <clears throat> uh, bones cracking. And we look over, and she had scoliosis. And she straightens up for the first time in her life. She begins touching her toes, jumping up and down, screaming, says, I've been healed. We weren't praying for anyone's healing. We were simply a bunch of teenagers gathering together, praying together. Cool deal. And uh, just God showing up naturally, supernaturally. And it's, uh, it's a cool thing when that happens and when we get to be a part of that and get to see that. Like Isa, like Mary, God designed you to live naturally, supernatural. Now, second point on your outline there is God has placed you right here, right now. God has placed you right here, right now. There's a, there's a map here, and this is a map of this location. So if you're part of Seacoast Vineyard Church, God puts you right here, right now. And he puts you here for his purposes, because you do belong and we do need you. And Joan's going to share with us about uh, something she uh, developed this week called Somewhere. There's a syndrome for everything now and a continuum for it. And I just wanted to share with you a syndrome that I've been suffering for and hopefully some of y'all have been too, and the cure for it. Um, and I've discovered where it started when I was a little girl and I grew up in a sweet little family in North Carolina and um, I used to love watching The Wizard of Oz. And it would always come on on Sunday nights, and my parents would be at choir practice. My grandmother would walk up to our house, and I would, like, sit behind her or under her because I was afraid of the flying monkeys. My brother loved them, and he was always like, oh, I want to do that. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? And so, but the whole somewhere over the rainbow, I discovered, I think I've developed a Dorothy syndrome of always wanting to be somewhere else and maybe not right here on that map. I looked at the words to that song this week and that little girl was yearning for heaven and I would encourage you to look at those words because it's it's pretty significant what she was yearning for but 
I've just realized more and more, looking back, wherever I was, I always kind of wanted to be somewhere else. When you're in school and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get to that somewhere, that school that I want to get into. And then you get in there and you're like, oh, this is hard. How, I, hope, I hope I can stay here. But then you get to the end and you're like, oh, I cannot wait to get somewhere else and work in that job that I want. Well, then you get that job, and then there's somebody in there that probably makes you kind of miserable, and you're like, hmm, I want to be somewhere else. And you can just keep moving around like that. Well, then for me, it was like, oh, I want to be married one day. I want to be somewhere where I'll be married. So then did got to do that. Well, then I want to be somewhere where I'm having kids. And then you get to the point where, like, for us, it's like, hmm, I wonder when that when we'll quit doing that. <laughs> and so... so but eventually somebody <laughs> has to be last. So, and then you're, and I was a stay-at-home mom for 21 years, and there were so many times that I was like, oh, I probably need to be somewhere else, even though there's a lot of little people running around and I'm helping Doug do whatever he's doing. But maybe I need to be somewhere else. Well, then I got, I've got this job now somewhere else, and I'm like, oh, I think I need to be back home working <laughs> out of, Boxwood Street, then it's, you know, if I had, if we had more money, if I felt better, if, um, and for you right here, right now, it might be if I had a church that was more like one I used to be in, or that looked like somewhere else, or had a different pastor, or a different worship team, but it'll drive you crazy, and you need to just, I realized I need to stop, and think, and, and the scriptures, one of my favorite ones that Doug read this morning is, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. And so the cure for this Dorothy syndrome is a big dose of sovereignty, and that is my favorite thing about God, that he is in charge. He put you where he wants you. It's not your brains or your smarts or whatever that got you right here, right now. And what I want to tell you is God loves you. If you don't know him, he wants you to surrender to him right here, right now. And if you have surrendered to him, then the Holy Spirit, Scripture tells us that Holy Spirit lives in you. He's in you, he's with you, upon you, and he wants to use you in your right here, right now. That's the supernatural part, that Holy Spirit using you as a conduit. And you're going to be in a different right here, right now, tomorrow, or even when we walk out these doors. But tomorrow, you're in that right here, right now, and that's where God wants to naturally, supernaturally. And I want to encourage you to respond to that because God wants to work in your daily atmosphere, whatever it is, and to, to heal, to restore, to cure, to set free. And it's not just right here like Dougie preached a few years, I mean, a few weeks back, beyond the 70 minutes of being here. And Tim has preached recently the boundaries where God puts you. It's for real, and he's in charge of that. So I just want to encourage you to respond to him in your atmosphere, wherever you are. And all our seven children said, Amen. <laughs> so God's designed you to live naturally, supernatural, right where you are. And Joan's doing this. You know, I'm watching her go as a school nurse, praying for kids, praying for other administrative people within, within the school. 
that she's boldly proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom right where she is. It's not about being in a building, church building. It's about doing this in the world where we live and, uh, and, and doing that. The verse that she quoted was out of uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. And it says, But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it to be. There are people that I meet who are kind of disenfranchised uh, or, or they're dissing the local church, and they're, they're just like, you know, I love Jesus, but I'm not interested in, in being part of a church. That's a decapitated Jesus. Uh, doesn't exist in the scripture. Uh, his body is part of it, and you do belong, which Paul addresses in this passage, and we need you, and we need you to find what God's called you to do and do it. And be a part of that and plug in and quit passing judgment on, yeah, we don't need that part or we don't need this part. We need you. We need you to get in and do that which God's called you to do in the building and outside of it because the real work's out there. And that's where we proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Now, in, um, in chapter 17, verse 26 of the book of Acts, Tim spoke on this recently says, from one man he made all the nations that they should in- inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God determined where you live geographically. Now he may move you somewhere else, but you're here now. Be all here. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 17 it says this, Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Now, some of you who didn't, you know, I'm a local. I grew up in Myrtle Beach, and I know the other guy who did too. And the, uh, but some of you came here because you wanted a vacation place. Some came here, and you may feel like you've been brought into exile. Uh, And so he says, Pray for the city into which I will have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper. If God puts you here, you need to be praying for the Grand Strand. You need to be praying for this city and praying for God's activity here. And um, the third point this morning is this. God designed you for community. God designed you for community. There are no lone rangers. They're no Lone Rangers. You're designed for community. The um, Michelle Johnson was a friend of Don's that I mentioned earlier that I met at, when I was 19. Uh, Don is a physici- physician's assistant. He went to uh, Bowman Gray and uh, at Wake Forest. He was top of his class. Uh, before that, he was a, f- a pharmacist. His wife married a, a, a gal that's a pharmacist. He's uh, president of a medical research group. They have about 150 folks, I think, in their practice now that he's over. And uh, unlike most PAs, he, he really is in charge of the place. And um, I talked to a guy who was number one, uh, was a professor at Wake Forest, and he works for their practice. And I said, and, and I was at a hospital up in that area visiting, and I asked this guy, I said, now tell me about Don. He said, well, Don's number two in our company. I'm three. And I said, now, wait a minute. You were in charge of the training. You were the lead professor at Wake Forest. He said, yes, uh, Don is all that. He, he anticipated what I was saying. And, and Don told me, I called him this week to verify some of the facts of this. But Don, when we first moved to Myrtle Beach, he brought this lady named Michelle Johnson to our house for prayer. 
Now, Michelle was diagnosed with a grade 3 glioma. She had had 7 centimeters by 5 centimeters of her brain removed. The doctor told Don, when he, Don was there with the family at the hospital, they were part of the community, part of the same church together, and he told Don, he said, Don, with this type of cancer, as you know, because it branches out with roots, he said, we did not get it all, and the prognosis is not good. And so Don brought this lady to come to have prayer, and so we just spent some time praying for Michelle and her husband, a guy named Kim, and so we prayed for them. Well, Don said, he told me, when I called him this week, he said, Doug, I've been practicing for 26 years. He said, in 26 years, I've never known anyone with or without treatment with this type of tumor to live more than 12 months, ever. He said, uh, in fact, within the last year in our practice, we've had one patient who died of this, we have one office um, personnel person who died of the same cancer, and we had a pulmonologist whose wife just died of this three months ago. And he said, Michelle is 10 years post-op, and she is healed. Said we have seen no. Said after five years they quit doing MRIs on her, and she uh, a few years ago she started. Uh, she was really scared because she became nauseated, and which is one of the signs of symptoms. Went to the doctor and found out she was pregnant, and uh, she's homeschooled her first two kids, and now she she said I'm probably the only uh, teacher that has is teaching with half a brain. And, uh, you know, but God's doing a great work in her life. I love it when he shows up in the already. Isn't it great when you get to see the already? Ian Hensel, this is a picture of Ian. Ian's dad, Kurt, Kurt's a surfing buddy of mine. Uh, this is in Florida, their home. And I had the opportunity of baptizing Ian and his younger brother, Tate, uh, I actually baptized all of their kids, so it was all five. It was just great over a period of many years. But Kurt was part of a church plant with us in Savannah when I was pastoring there. And the, uh, he called me uh, now nine years ago, and he said, uh, Doug, we were on vacation, and Ian began to complain of stomach pain. He said, uh, and I thought, well, we're traveling, we're eating different food. He said, I thought nothing of it. But several days went by, and he continued to complain about his stomach hurting. And so I reached into his abdomen, and I felt, and he said, uh, he said, Doug, I just had this sickening feeling. He called me right after that. He said, please be praying for Ian. He said, what we've, he said I discovered a, a lump the size of a Nerf football. And he said, uh, it was a blastoma. Uh, thankfully, over a period of time, Ian uh, went into a to remission for three years, and we were on vacation with with uh, with the Hensels. This is when we went down there, and I had the opportunity to baptize him. And during that week, Kurt came to me. He said he's got another um, hospital visit, and he said, "Doug, I'm afraid. I'm afraid the cancer's back." And it was, and he lived uh, about a year and a half after that. And at 13 years of age. Uh, Ian left this planet, the not yet, the not yet. We live in this tension between the already of God's kingdom and the not yet of his kingdom. And there are people we love and care for deeply, but even those who are already healed will one day die. It's true for every one of us. Uh, you know, there's an expiration date on all of our cartons, you know, 
And uh, none of us are going to make it out of this planet alive apart from Jesus' return before our death. And this tension between the already and the not yet, in the scripture, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 26, it says this, if one part suffers, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. We've suffered with the Hensels. We've walked with them through this. And we've seen a family that deeply loves Jesus with all of their heart, even through the loss of their son and brother. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. The message puts it this way. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Romans 12 and verse 5. Well, you may be here this morning and you're saying, you know, I've got some, some needs. I'd like to be healed. I'd like to be delivered. I'd like to be set free from whatever it is that is, uh, is on your heart or mind. It may be a physical need, maybe an emotional, spiritual, economic need. Um, what we're going to do this morning, here's the the really cool thing. Remember the Daniel passage? We want to believe God regardless of the outcome rather than believing God for an outcome. We can trust God. It takes a lot of pressure off. Just like when I share faith with someone, I've had many people respond by receiving Christ. But I have many others. In fact, the majority of folks I've shared with haven't. And in the same way with healing, I've prayed for people and seeing God heal them. We've seen it with our own children. I've experienced it personally. But I've prayed for people and they've died. In fact, uh, I, I recently was at a business locally. And uh, I was getting ready to go to Brazil. And the business owner told me, he said, man, he came out and he was limping, you know, kind of. And he bent over. I said, Mike, what's wrong? And he said, I've got kidney stones. And uh, I said, oh, do you mind if I pray for you? He said, no, I'd love for you to pray for me. That's fine. And, and so I, I put my left hand on his shoulder and I said, Now, Mike, I pray for some people and they're healed, but I pray for other people and they've died. And he kind of backs up and he says, he, says, uh, he said, Hey, wait a minute. He goes, What are you going to tell my wife if you come back from Brazil and I'm dead? I'll say, I'll tell her I prayed for you left-handed. So, <clears throat> the, uh, but God wants to move in people's lives. And so what I'd like is... Uh, is Paul's one of the elders here. Paul, if you'd come up front. Joan, if you'd go over to the side. Uh, anybody on the prayer team or on the staff that would like to pray for folks, just come up the front here. And here's what we're going to do. If you've got a need during worship this morning, as we stand in just a moment and worship together uh, as Chip comes and, and, and leads us, uh, I encourage you to stand and worship. But if you've got a need, don't leave here without entering into community with some others to pray about the need. Who knows, God might show up in the already and do some amazing things, and it's exciting when that happens. There's also communion stations, one in the back and one over to the left. Got some others from the prayer team coming forward. Dougie, won't you come forward too? And uh, let's just worship God and respond to what he wants to do among us this morning. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast from Seacoast Vineyard Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We look forward to you joining us next time on iTunes or at our website, www.seacoastvineyard.com.